Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Well, it's time for the panel, proudly sponsored by Malray Electric, putting the spark into Canterbury Rugby. Today, I'm joined by two fabulous guests, Mike Thorpe and Brendan Telfer. Gents, thanks for joining me and, and welcome to the show. Uh, Frank, hi, Frankie. Frankie. Nice to talk to you again. Now, Mike, I'll, I'll start with you. You're down in Gore. What are you, what are you up to at the moment? Um, I'm so pleased you asked. We're at the uh, National Snooker Championships uh, in Gore, which is always brilliantly well received down here. We're into quarterfinal action today, the semis and the finals tomorrow. Ah, oh, wonderful. Like to hear it. Have you got a who's who's your money on? Money is always on Mark Canavan. He starts most of these tournaments as favourite, but followed very closely by Gore's hometown boy Shannon Swain. They're both on the same side of the draw, so only one of them can make the final, but uh that'd be my pick. Excellent, I'd like to hear it. Now, Brendan, I'll go to you now. I want to talk that Black Ferns win. Does that go down as achievement of the year? Uh, probably it does, um, off the top of my head. Um, I haven't sort of put it in the calendar perspective. Um, but, yeah, I would think uh, it's a non-Olympic Games year. Uh, I don't think we're going to win the football. Um, mm. The All Blacks have had a bit of an up-and-down kind of year. Yeah, I mean, it was... Regardless of that, it was just a phenomenal success. I don't think any of us really felt it would be as successful as it was, and it's created, I think, now the situation for world rugby that they've got this elephant in the room: uh, women's rugby. What are they going to do with it? This is a godsend for for rugby, um, and those television ratings were just phenomenal. I mean, having worked in television for forty years, I know a thing or two about ratings when I see them, and I'm pretty sure that uh, in the history of TV three, which started broadcasting back in 1990 from memory, they've never had any program of any significance. Uh, or lack of significance, I suppose it's pulled an audience uh, the size of the one that watched that uh, women's final last uh, Saturday night, 1.2 million, I think it was. In fact, uh, not even TV1, which traditionally dominates the ratings. I don't think, uh, if you go back to the men's rugby World Cup final in uh, Auckland at Eden Park, of course, in 2011, uh, I stand to be corrected, but I don't think it pulled a, t- a combined television audience as big as the one that watched the women the other day. So um, this is an amazing thing, but the big question now is what happens next? I mean, where do we go with women's rugby now? I mean, personally, I would love to see something like a a British Lions tour here next year, which has been mooted. Uh, The best women from England, Ireland, Scotland and Northern Ireland and Wales come to New Zealand and play a three or a four match test series. I think they've got to come up with something uh, of that nature, something really big, even if it's just the England team, who, of course, have dominated world 
rugby for the last uh, four or five years, if they were to come back to New Zealand next year for a, a three-match test series, that would, uh, I, I think, rate its socks off as well. So there's plenty of really exciting possibilities here all of a sudden now. Yeah, absolutely. And and Mike, how, how do you see it? That there's there's definitely more women's sport, women's sport coverage going on at the moment. It's on the rise. I'm probably slightly biased, and I think uh, it's it's about time. And it's been refreshing to see. But is this a big moment, not just for for rugby in New Zealand, but but women's sport on the whole? It absolutely is. And you are uh, quite within your rights to be biased, Frankie, because you've been mm-hmm. pushing that. Um, uh, gallantly for, for so long. Uh, two things, Brendan's absolutely right when it comes to those numbers. The numbers TV-wise were sort of breaking news type numbers that the TV stations would get now. So that's how big it was. But for me, I saw the success of that tournament uh, right in my lounge room. So through the, the, the tournament as it went on, my wife, who would not sit down and watch an all-black test without a phone in front of her, so she had something else to do, not only knew every single one of our players by their first name, but by the final, she was screaming at the referee that you know they were lying in the ruck. So she's absolutely embraced the game. And what we've got now is a brand new demographic. Um, at a time, as Brendan says, when rugby is starting to to you know suffer a bit of a downturn, women are becoming more interested in that sport. And as a flow-on, the public are becoming more interested in women's sport. Um, to the point now that I think the um, the women's rugby league team over in, in the UK coming into the, mm. the final this weekend are about to uh, ride that same wave. I hope that the expectation isn't too much for them, um, but their, their popularity, I'm sure, will also soar. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm hoping it flows on to, to all the sports. And, of course, uh, Women's Football World Cup in New Zealand started next year. Hopefully they just continue to, to ride the wave. But there's there's not just women's sport going on. Of course, there is men's sport going on. There is World Rugby Award nominations going on at the moment. And, of course, look, we're, I think we're a pretty good chance to nab a few of the women's awards, but no All Blacks nominated. Is this a big snub, Mike, or uh, are all us Kiwis just being a little bit biased that we expect someone in a black jersey to be there? I think it's a bit of that, but it's always really the team that is leading World Rugby that tends to get the most nominations, right? The one thing that I would say is that none of those players that have been nominated can dominate a game like Artie Savia can. In a team that is going backwards or in a forward pack that is struggling, he is always a shining light. So we look at that, obviously, with uh, with one black eye patch on. But I, I do think it, it is a bit of a snub. But, you know, th- these things tend to be political, these nominations. So I get it. Yeah, Brendan, how, how do you see it? Uh, should Artie Savia have been the one nominated? I mean, arguably playing yeah. his, his best rugby. Probably he should have been. I don't think it was a snub. I mean, um, that infers there's a little clique of about half a dozen people sitting in some uh, dark office in, uh, the, in Dubai or, or Ireland, wherever the world rugby is based these days, um, and decided that they've had a guts full of New Zealand rugby. Um, we'll take it out of them by snubbing them uh, when it comes to these awards. No, I think it's a group of about 30 or 40 broadcasters and journalists from around the world and, and other people involved, and they do their voting, I suppose, rather along, along the lines of the Helberg Awards in New Zealand, where there is a group of about 30 people, which includes uh, media people as well as ex-internationals and ex-Olympians. And by having a large circle of judges, you kind of prevent any of this sort of kind of um, strategic voting or, or, you know, snubbing of certain people. Uh, So, no, I think it's just a bit unfortunate that 
Xavier didn't get a nomination. I think it's probably partly due to the position that he plays on the field. He's a number eight, so he's never going to be as spectacular as a, a Will Jordan or a Bowden Barrett or a centre three-quarter or, or a back. Um, mm. You know, he's buried in that uh, tight five for most of the match. Um, and, you know, we don't probably see a lot of the fantastic work that he does. And so he kind of gets overlooked a bit when it comes to awards like this. But I, I couldn't imagine it would be bothering him greatly. Yeah, that's a fair shout indeed. And Mike, are the All Blacks, they take on England Sunday morning. Do you like the team that's been named for that? And, and what do we need to see from these guys? Yeah, I mostly like the team. I, I don't think Cody Taylor should be starting. I, I'm not sure what that's about. This, this is the big test, right? This, when we mm. start next season, we will remember what the last test result was. So this is really, really important test for Ian Foster and the team. So they should be running out the very best 15 that they can. And and for me, Toke Aho absolutely has to be the starting hooker. But what we can see is that Barrett playing six means that they, they want to ready themselves for a physical approach from from England, but I do feel like that bench is a little bit vulnerable. Um, and just one injury is going to wind up with, with a massive reshuffle in the back line. So if uh, Moonga goes down, they're going to have to move Barrett to first five, Geordie Barrett back to fullback, which is a shame because he's made such strides at second yeah. five, and that's, I think, where his future is, and then bring in one of two midfielders that are on the bench. So... Uh, I don't think they've got the balance quite right there, and it feels like they're tinkering, and I don't want to see tinkering in the last test of the year. Yeah, that is that is fair to say. It hasn't, it's, it's been a bit of a disappointing year as well for the All Blacks. Should New Zealand rugby, Mike, should they be doing all they can to try and talk Wayne Smith out of retirement again to try and help these All Blacks out come World Cup year? Honestly, I would. I'd be going to Wayne Smith and saying, what do you want to do, Wayne? Because he has he's ridden, ridden in on the horse so many times, isn't he? He's, he's a saviour. But it, it seems to me that he is one of those guys that can absolutely build a team. What he did with the Black Ferns was amazing. We knew that they had the talent. Did they have the belief? And it turned out they did. But they didn't have it until he arrived. And belief is what this All Blacks team is going to need going into that World Cup next year. Yeah. And uh, how about yourself, Mike? How do you, how do you, um, sorry, Brendan, how do you see this last test playing out for the, uh, for the All Blacks? Uh, well, some have said it's going to define the season. I suppose if they get badly beaten, it will uh, certainly bring the hammer down on the uh, all-black performances in 2022. I mean, they've won their last six test matches, you know, and it's a pretty good cross-section of teams that they've beaten, South Africa, Australia, uh, Wales, Scotland, someone else in Japan in there as well. So they have finished the season, uh, not quite, but they are finishing the season in far better form uh, than they showed at the start of the year when they were stumbled against Ireland and Argentina. So um, uh, I, I would probably expect them to win. Uh, I think they've gone back basically to the side that ran in 55 points against uh, Wales. Uh, and yes, established, and I think earlier established that Barrett at, at second 5-8, Geordie, um, Retallick's back. Yes, it's a bit of a mystery as to what's going on with uh, Cody Taylor and uh, Tokiaho, um, I can only think that when they look at this English team that has been chosen, it reeks of experience and, and wiliness and cunning. And maybe Taylor is sort of cut from that cloth more so than Tokiaho. Um, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's an odd one for me because he's been, I think, the player of the year, hasn't he, in, in New Zealand rugby? Mm. Um, and uh, probably will get that award, I imagine, or him or um, 
uh, uh, Savia, Adi Savia. But um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> there's two teams I I love us when we beat. I love it when we beat um, England, particularly in rugby uh, and Australia in cricket. And we've beaten the Aussies in cricket a few weeks ago. And I just hope we can finish the year with a victory against the Palms. Um, as for Wayne Smith, no, I'm, I, I don't think he should come back in. I think uh, you know perception is reality in, in international sport. And if we brought Wayne Smith in again now, the rest of the rugby playing world would saying, ah, panic has set in in New Zealand rugby. How many different coaches and selectors have they gone through in this year, in the 12 months prior to the Rugby World Cup? And here they go again, dumping someone and bringing Wayne Smith in. And I think that would be sending a very bad signal to the rest of the rugby world that we are in panic mode here in New Zealand. We haven't got enough kind of intellectual heavyweights to get this All Black side through to a successful World Cup campaign. So what he's done was fantastic. I think he, yeah, he won the whole big uh, coach of the year. Um, and it's a fitting sort of climax to an extraordinary career as a coach and a lovely guy as well. But um, no, I, I, I mean, if we'd lost most of those last six test matches, there might have been a case for some more changes. But I think the All Blacks are starting to, starting to show a more settled look about it. And uh, they brought some key made some key changes, and I think they're working. Let's let's leave it at that. Yeah, some interesting points you raised there. And to be fair, I think Wayne Smith's probably earned the chance to just put his feet up and, and enjoy the beach yeah. life, that's for sure. But there's, there's plenty of other sport going on as well. FIFA World Cup, that gets started in Qatar next week. Are you interested, Mike? Has, has it managed to, to capture your imagination, and, and have you got a pick to win it? Boy, this, this tournament is desperate for some football, isn't it? The, so mm. far, the PR has been awful day after day after day. That They desperately need some games to start. Interested, always interested. Every four years when the World Cup rolls around, um, probably hard to go past France, um, although I am a big fan of Belgium, so I'm kind of hoping that they get there this time around. They always seem to do what the Netherlands did or Holland did in the years before, get close but not close enough. Uh, but I think if I'm punting on it, I would be backing France. Like it. Yeah, there's been a few things that have turned me off this, this World Cup a little bit being held in Qatar, but I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for, for the Netherlands. But uh, Brendan, have, have you got a favourite? Have you got a team you'll be rooting for? Uh, yeah, I've lost a bit of interest in it. I, I, I enjoy the Football World Cup because of the quality of the football, and I'm sure once the football starts and uh, I start watching it regularly, um, I'll probably become a, a, a warm to it more. But you know, I saw this thing on BBC television last night on their news programs uh, last evening, which pulled together all these controversies and scandals that have um, dogged Qatar, or Qatar, I think as it's called now, um, since it was awarded the Games in 2010. So it's been 12 years of human rights abuse, of political scandals, of uh, bribery allegations. And last night on this program, uh, the BBC claimed, and I couldn't imagine they'd be saying this unless they were absolutely sure of their facts, that thousands, I repeat, might have even been put a figure on it, 10,000, certainly thousands of migrant workers have been killed in the construction of these stadiums around Qatar. And I had another look this morning online. I was thinking, what if I can verify that? And Guardian newspaper a couple of years ago was saying 6,500 migrant workers, mm. mostly from uh, Southeast Asia, from places like Nepal and Bangladesh and India and, and, and those countries, had lost their lives 
Um, and some of the treatment they, these, these workers are receiving was just appalling. They had their passports taken off them. Uh, some of them claimed they were never paid and they couldn't get out of the country because they couldn't get hold of their passports unless they find, uh, signed false statements. And then there's the allegations about it. And then Blatter himself came out a couple of days ago and said, oh, yeah, we shouldn't have awarded the World Cup to <laughs> Qatar. So it's just been uh, one scandal after another for 10 or 12 years. And I think it will go down as uh, one of the worst World Cups in that sense. Uh, can it be rescued by the calibre of the football? Probably it can. Um, uh, for reasons which I've never fully been able to understand, um, I've always backed England in football World Cups and um, I probably will do the same again even though I've just said how much I enjoy singing getting yeah. beaten in rugby but um, and I don't have any English blood in me well I'm, I'm Scottish more than English but I just have a soft spot for English I suppose it's because I follow English football you know the premiership and so mm. I naturally sort of kind of go across to the, the national side when it comes to the World Cup but if you have a look at the world rankings at the moment Brazil is one Belgium is two uh, Argentina is three, France is four, and England's five. Uh, so Italy, Spain, and Germany not in the top five in the world. So yeah, I think maybe it's one of those top five. Maybe England. Maybe it'll be England's time for the for, for chance for the first time since 1966. Um, but yeah, uh, Belgium. Yeah, I think Mike's probably a good pick. They're second ranked second country in the world at the moment, so they should be there at the business end for sure. I'm sure there's a lot of Englishmen that will be hoping that uh, it does go the way of the English this time around, FIFA World Cup. Last question for you both. The Kiwi Ferns, they're into the final Sunday morning, 2.15. They're taking on the Jillaroos. Can they? Can't they? Mike, what do you think? I think they can. I think they'll take a lot from that pool match that they had where they went down 10-8. And really, it should have been 10 all. It was a, a conversion that uh, the kicker would have made nine times out of 10. Um, mm. I think their coach, Ricky Henry, is on the money when he says that their road to the finals probably being more ideal with a, a tough win over England last weekend as opposed to an 82-0 romp that uh, the Jillaroos had over Papua New Guinea. They, they look to me like they are a match-hardened team that will be up to the occasion. I don't think they're going to be spooked by it. Uh, and as long as it stays tight, they will be in the fight. So um, I think they can. They won't be favourites, but uh, I don't think they'll be too far off like it. Brendan? Uh, yeah, I, I think I tend to go along with that as well. Uh, I think we've got an alternative this weekend anyway. Um, Lydia Ko, a New Zealand uh, golfer, is in line for a $3.2 million paycheck if she wins the Ooh. end of season finale. And she's leading at the end of the first round today after having shot 65. And so again, as an, an example of what you were referring to before, Frankie, of what's happening to women's sport, which is fantastic. And uh, here we are. I would never have thought I would have seen the day when a, a women's golf tournament uh, awards 3.25 million. It's 2 million US, but in our money, 3.2 million New Zealand dollars for first place in a golf tournament. So things are really changing. And I'm good to see, it's good to see that it's been backed up in many cases with some serious money flowing into women's sport as well, which is one area where they have been severely neglected and disadvantaged for a long time. But even that's changing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm listening to that. I think I might have picked the picked the wrong sport to invest in. But no, uh, I love to hear it. Love what you've both had to say. Uh, and unfortunately, that's that's all we've got time for today. So thanks to you both, Mike Thorpe, Brendan Telfer. Appreciate your time as always, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Cheers, Frankie.
For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.